Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, well, we woke up on Victory Monday and the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff hopes are still alive thanks to another comeback from Kenny Pickett. Uh, Before I ask you how you are, I have to say, I think we have to be the show that starts the Kenny comeback nickname because clutch Kenny's a good one. Kenny two gloves is good, but I don't know. Like there's something about Kenny comeback that just rings. That seems, seems like it rings. Well, my only question is, does it, is it Kenny comeback? And do you do, do you double up on the K's and the comeback? Do you do a, is it a Kenny comeback like that? Or do you stick with the stick with the C? I feel like you got to stick with the C. I feel like when you go the double K, you like some people are going to look at that like you're trying too hard. Like that's not going to appeal to like the older crowd, you know. Gotcha. Like, like if it was if it was my younger brother, he'd be about the double K. I feel mm-hmm. maybe not though. You're you're younger than me. How would you feel about the double K? I, I I think I agree with you. I think the K would be the double K would just be trying too hard. I think uh, yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. The comeback just like it's smooth, you know what I mean? It, mm. it it looks very nice. But Kenny comeback, I mean, two in a row. There's no way you could avoid that one. He literally keeps the Steelers season alive, which you could say, yeah, Kenny's built for this. You could say he's he's developed nicely as a rookie, he's a first round pick, whatever. He's a rookie. And he's played less than a full season of games. And in the biggest moments of his career so far, he has come up absolutely huge and i think that's where we need to start here is kenny pickett and the pittsburgh steelers are alive behind i want to say exactly how they planned this season to go let Najee harris cook let the defense show that they deserve to be the highest paid defense in the nfl and then in those weighing moments when you need a make or break play or you need to make a break drive kenny pickett who was drafted in the first round for a reason could come through and win you a game what did uh what did you see last night when you watched Steelers Ravens yeah um I don't know so all the the same things you saw I guess like Kenny Kenny just the moment is never ever going to be too big for him which it's easy to say and it's easy to be it's easy to listen to Mike Tomlin and hear him say oh we knew this about him coming out of pit and that's part of the reason we loved him but until you actually see it in action um it's it's hard to 
you know, really believe and really believe that it's there. Um, like we saw him kind of fold in these same moments uh, earlier yep. in the year. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Like people are kind of talking about these comebacks as if they always exist. Like they were always a part of Kenny Pickett's game ever since coming to the NFL. And that's just not true. Um, it took him time to get to this point and, I don't know. He he's reached it at the at the exact right moment, um, and he's got this team playing some really good football heading into heading into the final game of the season, which is going to decide whether or not they get they get to play a little bit longer. Um, it's it's good timing, um, but I, I don't want us to pretend like this is something that Kenny Pickett's always been able to do. Um, this is this is new and this is different, and this is definitely a sign of of his development. The fact that he got better upon like he's gotten better with time since being in the NFL. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the thing is like the Steelers understood that he was going to need time. And that's why he didn't start at the beginning of the season, because they understood that those mishaps, those early struggles were going to come because he's a rookie quarterback in the NFL. That's what rookie quarterbacks do. We preach that all season long. The Steelers knew that they knew that was going to happen, but they also did their part during the summer. And I even talked to Pat Fryermuth yesterday and I, I asked him, you know, what makes Kenny so good in these moments? And he said, dude, we practiced this since training camp. Like Kenny was the dude who was taking two minute drills. He was the guy in red zone. Like he was built for these moments. The Steelers built him for these moments, but they also understood that these moments are going to take time. Fortunately enough for them, these moments have taken what seven weeks instead of an entire season. He's gone from, you know, the, these struggles, like you said, like these, this wasn't always there. The Miami Dolphins game didn't look like this. They had the same opportunity, and Kenny looked like he tried to play hero ball. Where in this situation, Kenny just looked like, yeah, in those moments he had to be a hero, and he just he just played it cool, like he just knew it was going to happen. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, you said it or you wrote it last night that he said that he knew they were going to score. The offense had the confidence that they were going to score. And even TJ Watt knew that their quarterback was going to lead that drive. And I think that's the whole thing. The whole offense has become so much more developed in the last two, three weeks, just in these big moments. Like overall you score 16 points. That's not a win for an offense, but if you could score 16 points, score on a game winning drive and win the game. It doesn't matter. You know, at that point, like the only thing that matters is a W and the Steelers got one. Does it change anything that it has come against the Raiders or Ravens, or is that just trying to make a positive and negative? No, I think it does. Um, I think, well, I mean, the Raiders comeback was, I feel like that could have happened against any team. And I don't know, you would have felt the same way doing what he did against the Ravens who are not just like a really talented football team, especially on defense. um, But at their place uh, on Sunday night against a pretty hostile and motivated crowd like that, that was wildly impressive. Um, That, that only, I think, I, I don't know. That definitely does make you that definitely impressed me more um the fact that he was able to do it in such an environment um kenny himself said it like it's it's one thing to do that at home like to do what he did against the raiders and do that at home and have the crowd on your side and be able to kind of uh communicate a little bit easier but when you're in the thick of that kind of crowd and that kind of noise it's it's much harder to pull something off like that and he was able to do it and do it flawlessly and just I don't know the level of difficulty on some of those throws on oh, yeah. that final drive was ridiculous. That Steven Sims one is 
one of the more impressive throws I've seen made in the NFL this year, regardless of player age or anything like that. Oh yeah. So I haven't gone back. Like I usually go back after the game and rewatch the game, but obviously, you know, I got home, I got back here to like two forty-five and mm-hmm. just kept working. So I haven't had time to check it out, but Derek watched it again last night and he actually wrote about, it. I think the article is up live now, but you, he details like how close that play was. And you don't really realize until you go back and look at it. Like he's a centimeter away from Kyle Hamilton's fingertip. Like it is ridiculous how and, pinpointed that, that throw was. Yeah. And if, if Hamilton gets one finger on that, that ball's getting picked. There are three defenders picked. around. There's there. three yeah, guys there's- there. Yeah. And he's not going to bat it up. He's going to bat it up. That ball is, yeah. that ball is aimed so that it's going to pop up into the air. Somebody's going to come up with that one. Yeah, yeah. that was, I mean, that was, that was absolutely, that was absolutely nuts. And then the, the touchdown at the end to Najee, you know, that's all Kenny. Kenny avoids the sack on Jason Pierre-Paul, waves Najee Harris into the end zone, finds Najee. It's the same play that they, you know, it, it's not de- it's not written up like that, but that's how it developed twice. It, it came out earlier in the game, and he threw a back shoulder to Najee, and he dropped it. This time it was right on the money. That just These are big, these are veteran plays for a rookie quarterback in moments where you – you know, you don't expect guys like you see guys like like Derek Carr or you know like J- Dan- or uh, James Dan- no not James Daniels Daniels jo- Daniel Jones mm-hmm. out in New York like Zach Wilson you know all these veteran guys who have struggled in moments where they need to step up and somehow Kenny's what ten games into his career and he's like yeah you know what what's what's MNT Bank Stadium and that stadium is loud like. Two things. So one, got to give a shout out to the Ravens fans that sat in front of the press box and trash talked me the whole time. Good guys. The one dude hit me up on Twitter after the game and he's like, hey, I hope I didn't you know, piss you off too much. And I was like, no, nah, it was a great time. I hope you had fun. <laughs> um, they did every time, every single play, they'd turn around and they'd, they'd, they'd give me something. They'd be talking smack. They were like sending me messages on Snapchat, like on their <laughs> Snapchat thing, putting it up uh-huh. against the box. Um, but they like the, the crowd was real into it. And the Ravens, this is the first time I've ever been to MT Bank. And their like in-game performance for lights and just like the show that they put on is mm-hmm. absolutely nuts. Like they shut the lights off every 20 minutes and play this really loud music and have all these lights flashing and get everybody hyped up. Like that crowd was insane. That atmosphere's gotta be hard to play in. And especially in that that two minute drill, like you think that they just like shut it off and they were just like, all right, we'll calm down now. No, they ramped it up times 10 to make sure that Pittsburgh couldn't get into the end zone. So all that pressure on you and to keep that composure. I mean, that takes a special kind of person, because if it was me, if it was you, maybe if it was me, at least I could speak for myself. I'd be so fired up in that situation that I would have made a mistake. I would have yeah. been like, I would have been so cocky that I would have done something dumb like Kenny did against Miami. Easy. Yeah. It's really easy to get hyped up and try to play outside of yourself. But um, I don't know. It's, it was a weird, it was, it was not Kenny trying to do too much, but it was no. Kenny doing exactly what he needed to do. Um, His best plays came kind of off script on those like broken plays. Like the one you described the final touchdown to Najee. Like I, I thought that was, that was my biggest takeaway from 
uh, from what Kenny did was that uh, the 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 creativity and the way he directed an offense when things really deteriorated. Um, that was just another like those veteran plays that you talked about. Um, it's not something I think you'd really expect a rookie quarterback to be able to do. Um, and to ju- like just the chemistry that's that's come along with with all of his receivers and the way that he's kind of able to to create things with them on the fly when nothing else is really happening. Um, uh, It's just, I felt like during the first half of the season, during Kenny's first few starts, we saw so many times where people were just an inch off. Um, They were beat off a step off, you know, something like that. There was just always a little bit of a disconnect uh, and you don't see that as much now. I don't think. No. And I think the biggest thing there is Deontay said after the game, he's like, that's my quarterback. And that was the first time that I felt like, these guys are all on the same page and they feel like this is actually starting to work instead of, you know, having to come up with a good quote so that the media doesn't run away and make Kenny Pickett into a bad guy. hundred percent with that comeback. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal each week. You're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Playoff hopes are still alive. The Pittsburgh Steelers, what, three weeks ago, we were talking about, we were making jokes about how they have a 0.1% chance to make the postseason as of this morning, I believe it's 7% chance, which still seems super unrealistic. But if we're being honest, it has been unrealistic. The Pittsburgh Steelers should not be where they are right now. Maybe they should be sitting eight and eight, whatever, but their opportunity to get into the postseason is ridiculous. They have relied on the dolphins to absolutely crumble. And I hope two is okay, but that has been part of uh, quote unquote Steelers magic to have these, Untimely mishaps happen to other teams in the Steelers' favor. The Jets look absolutely atrocious, but you want to know who who looks worse? Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins. And yeah. then your boys, the New England Patriots, That's right. nearly, nearly cost them the whole season. Ended up hanging on. Thank you, Kyle Duggar. They head to Buffalo next week. Who the, you know Buffalo's got a huge game tonight against the Cincinnati Bengals. If Buffalo beats New England in Buffalo next week, the Jets beat the Dolphins and the Steelers beat the Browns, Pittsburgh is playoff bound. I don't even like you have been very optimistic about these chances the entire time we've talked about this. So I already kind of feel like I know what your answer is. But do you think they could pull this off? Yeah. And I, so <laughs> when I was watching the early games yesterday, I, um, I was keeping an eye on that Broncos Chiefs score because yeah. I kind of assumed, all right, uh, Broncos can pull off an upset. 
and they were in position to do it. They they probably should have, quite honestly. But there's reason they have four wins or whatever. Um, it yeah. brought up Kansas City loses. They're out of the race for the one seed, and Buffalo goes into next week if they beat Cincinnati uh, uh, tonight. Buffalo goes into that game able to rest rest their starters. Patriots can are much more likely to pull out a win. I don't think they will against Buffalo starters. That that's pretty unlikely. Um, and the Steelers get shut out of the playoffs kind of by nothing that they can like by not their own fault. Um, but Kansas city pulls it out. Buffalo's going to have to have Buffalo's going to have something to play for, uh, next weekend. And they're just playing better than the Patriots. And I don't think, I don't know. Like all you got to do is beat a Browns team that looks pretty lifeless at the moment, even after adding Deshaun Watson, you have to love there is so that's all they need, right? Is the Patriots yep. to lose, right? They need the Patriots to lose, the Jets to beat the Dolphins, which right now it'll be, you know, unless Tua comes back. But I would be shocked yeah. and disappointed in the Dolphins if Tua came back this week. But Teddy Bridgewater's got a broken finger reportedly, so it'll be Skylar Thompson walking in there against Mike White. Who, you know, granted the Jets looked terrible against the Seahawks; they didn't look good whatsoever but in this moment like if you're the New York Jets Robert Saul is a good coach in my opinion and I think the Jets have more life than the last couple of weeks have have shown you walk in there you go to Miami with an opportunity to close out your you know division rivals season with a loss at home or on the road but at their home I mean you got to be you, it'll be just like the Browns. Like you're going to pull out all the stops. You're going to do everything you possibly can to win that game. You know, you're, you'll probably have more motivation than the Miami dolphins. If we're being honest. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is the dolphins could just give you chances to win this game. Like they yeah, easy, like it's, I, I don't know. The dolphins are, do not look good. Like even with two under two at quarterback, they did not look good. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I like those odds. It feels foolish to uh, to put any faith in the New York Jets. That just seems like no, no. That's I think that's the biggest hurdle to climb is you yeah. gotta rely on the New York Jets. Which I'm very interested to see how the NFL lays out the schedule and says, hey, the Jets will play here, the Patriots and the Bills will play here, and the Steelers will play here. I would imagine the Steelers play a one o'clock game, like probably the same time as maybe the Dolphins Jets. I don't yeah. know. They'll they'll I, set up a situation where it'll be one of the winning get in games in prime time. It won't yeah. be the Steelers though. Yeah, it'll probably. I mean, it'll probably be uh, Jags Titans, right? Because I think that's just a straight like Jags no, Titans is else. Saturday. They announced oh, Saturdays. Saturday? I think it's okay. Jags Titans and somebody else that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would imagine maybe like Brady, the Brady Rogers. Uh, I don't think yeah. they play each other, but both of those teams need to get in. Oh yeah, I think don't don't the Lions and the Packers play? Lions, Packers, whoever That's wins that game's man. in. Yeah. So I would imagine one of those games. So the Steelers could be looking at three one o'clock games just sitting there, all deciding their fate. Like they, we could have an answer by four twenty-five in the afternoon of whether or not the Pittsburgh Steelers are into the postseason. That's wild to me. Like that is, yeah. that's crazy. So let me ask this. If you had to pick right now, their situation is they could either play the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Cincinnati Bengals still have a chance to squeeze their way in there. 
to number two. I asked a player last night. I asked a couple of guys last night, but a lot of them just kind of like joked it off. Like, ah, uh, you know, I'm not going to get too far ahead. But I got, I did get an answer from one guy. I'm not going to toss his name out there. And I, I was asking, uh, would you rather, if you got in, who would you rather play, the Bills or the Chiefs? And his answer was, I'd rather play Cincinnati. I see that. Yeah, that makes total sense. They've played, yeah. I mean, they played Cincinnati closer than pretty much anyone they've played this year. Like, they're, you win by three on the road there like start the season with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback and <laughs> kind of half of a TJ Watt like and then and then you only lose to them by seven in the second half of the year at your place like that yeah I mean that's Putting better 30 that's, points right that yeah. yeah they were the only that was your highest point total of the season I could absolutely understand why they would have that confidence um Bengals are playing better down the yeah. stretch I mean, but like, what's like better? Like at this point, like what is, if your options are, oh, the Bengals are playing better or you can play the Bills or the Chiefs in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Bengals. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Chiefs are kind of the last team you'd want to play. If if all things being equal, like at least you played the Bills once already. Like it's hard to beat a football team twice. Um, But, you know, by that same logic, you've played Cincinnati three times. Like you yeah. got to... I think having yeah. more whoever you have more film on, whoever you feel more comfortable and knowing what they do, I think that's who you'd want to face. And that's yeah, hundred percent. And you know, it's the AFC North. You always have an opportunity in your division. Always, you do not want to travel to Arrowhead. You just, yeah. you just don't want to travel to Arrowhead. That's the worst place to play in football. Let alone, especially after last season, like that starts a stigma. At that point, you know, if you lose to Cincinnati in the postseason, chances are it's a close game. You're not going to get blown out. Somebody's going to step up. The other side of that is if you play Kansas City, chances are you're going to get smacked in Arrowhead two years in a row. That's going to be that's going to be a bad look. If you play the Bills, I don't know how I feel about the Bills. I think the Bills still are my favorite to win the Super Bowl, so it would be very tough for me to say that game wouldn't be lopsided. But I don't know. Since he's the easy answer, since he is yeah. easily the easy answer. Do you, you had a look on there like you don't agree with me that the Bills, who's your Super Bowl pick right now? Hmm. Uh, pro, mm, I, I, before yesterday, I would have said the Eagles. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But though they have way too many injuries. I don't know about them. Uh, I like, I just don't like where they're, where they're at going into the playoffs. Um, Agreed. And the fact that they got to actually play a real game next week I don't know, doesn't bode well. Um, I kind of like the Chiefs more than the Bills, quite honestly. Like, I, there's too many, there's too much, like, like Josh Allen's going to throw a pick at some really costly moment in the playoffs. This, I, I can already see it happening. Um, my roommate is a Bills fan, and I can just, I can imagine we're going to watch a game with him, and whew, it's not, it's not going to go well. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I would probably have to go Kansas City, but. I don't know. Buffalo's not a bad pick, I guess. Like, I, I assume that's going to end up being the AFC Championship game. Oh yeah, I would. I would. You have to imagine that one. Do you think that? So, do you think any other team before we move on to this last topic here? Do you do you think any other team has an opportunity to somehow squeeze their way out of the AFC? Let's say Lamar is healthy in the playoffs. It'll be the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bengals will be up there. And then as of right now, you know, the Jag the Jags could squeeze their way in or the Titans will squeeze their way in. And then whoever goes in with that seventh seed. Yeah, man. If you're looking for a dark horse, like the 
the Jags are like. I knew you were going to say the, the Jags. Jags. I knew you were going to say the Jaguars. I don't know. Realistically, like. No, you. That's what happens. Realistically, like the Bengals and the Chiefs, like could absolutely like the Bengals can just get hot at the right time, like they did last year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in there at all. Uh, but like, if you're looking for dark dark horse, like. Trevor Lawrence is playing out of his mind. I like that defense. Doug Peterson has been there and done it before. Yep. There's there's a lot to like about about Jacksonville, and and they have a history of being able to go on the road and and really make some some good teams sweat. I mean, oh, Steelers yeah. know and, that. Steelers know that firsthand. Yeah. Oh, very true. I was at that game. I was mm-hmm. at that. Uh, who was the quarterback? David Garrard. I, I thought it was. Name right? I thought it was Blake Bortles, wasn't it? Oh, Blake Bortles was the last time. I'm talking about the first. They have done oh. this to the Steelers on multiple occasions. Oh, really? They... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, you're talking about like the 47-point game or something. Yeah, that was the Blake right. Bortles year. No, before that, I was a kid. I don't remember how old I was. I want to say it was David Garrard. I, I don't remember if that's if I'm saying his name right, but he was the quarterback. They came into Heinz Field. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh should have won that game. It was very close, too, but they, they pulled it off and – that was that was my first Steelers game ever as a kid, and it was wow. uh, it was rough. It was rough. Mm-hmm. I had I was like eleven years old. Some Jacksonville Jaguars fan like tried to like fight my cousin or something who who was like a, a like a forty year old woman. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. it was uh, it was an experience. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. it was a, it was an experience. But those those uh, those experiences, you know, they those are like you're like all right. Well, now I'm here for life. Those that's right. nothing could change. I would agree with you. I think Jacksonville's the team to watch. I, they're right at the, they're hot at the right time, and that's all that matters in the NFL. If you're right at yeah. the hot time at the right time, you could win. All right, last thing I want to talk about: first three quarters of this game, first three quarters and sixteen minutes, fourteen minutes were eleven minutes were atrocious, just awful yeah. offensive football for the Pittsburgh Steelers outside of the running game. Want to want to take that does not even count. The running game was phenomenal. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were an absolute unit. The offensive line was impeccable when it came to pushing the Baltimore Ravens defensive front. But there was a big topic of debate on social media hard. And I don't defend things on Twitter that much. I try to very much just toss a little tweet out there. Keep it moving. I don't really reply too often, but a lot of people had a lot of issues with the Steelers not throwing the football. And then a lot of people had a lot of issues with Kenny Pickett when he did throw the football, which leads to one big question. The offensive struggles or inability to find the end zone for three and three-fourths quarters lies on who? Matt Canada or Kenny Pickett? Well, I mean, we, you know, we do this song and dance every week, but like every week, never... but this one was good. This one was a very glaring, I would say. Yeah. I, so we talked about this a little bit before we got on, but like they were averaging five yards to carry and decided to run the, decided to throw a back shoulder fade to admittedly a good, a good jump ball candidate, George Pickens with yeah. their best red zone opportunity of the, of the night prior to that final drive. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's you went for the lowest percentage play in football <laughs> instead of running it with your, your offensive line and running backs that are averaging five yards to carry. I didn't, I didn't understand that. I didn't like that call. No. The, and the craziest part there is you were at the two yard line 
You throw it up to, to George Pickens. You got to give that that play. Like you can't take too much away from that play because Pickens was lined up against Brandon Stevens, who was starting in place of Marcus Peters. Like the, you know, the, the opportunity was certainly there. But in the fourth quarter, when you need a first down and it is third and two, two, not third and one, not third and it, third and two, you run a quarterback sneak with Kenny Pickett. But you're in the goal line from the two yard line and you're not going to run the football at all. You're not even you're not like let alone a quarterback sneak. You're not even going to try to do this. But late in the game, you have the faith in your offensive line to push somebody two yards. I just it just didn't the inconsistency was awful there. And just just like you said, they're averaging five yards a carry. It was actually more than that, I think. So Najee averaged finished the game averaging five yards a carry and Jalen Warren finished the game averaging 6.3 yards a carry. So they were over five yards a carry. And the biggest concern for me, play calling wise, because I, I think Kenny Pickett deserves a lot of criticism for this performance as well, but we'll get into that, is you could probably count on one hand how many times they ran play action. And I think it, I think it would, I don't think it would fill up your whole hand. I think mm-hmm. it would maybe take up two fingers. And that is just when you're averaging nearly six yards of carry and you decide that you're just going to throw the ball normally and you're going to totally ignore play action against a run heavy defense. I mean, what are you even doing? Like, why are you even trying to throw the football? Cause that's your best opportunity to. Yeah. I mean, it's the most simple adjustment in football that you could make is to go to yes. play action instead of just normal passing. And that's, it probably would have worked. Like you had a Ravens run defense that was like on their heels, kind of trying to do all they could to, to stop the run. And all you had to do was, was bait them just once. You just, just, just once. once again, it was a, it was a game with 29 total points scored in it. And you like one big play changes everything. Um, but yep. yeah, like why they had that faith, in their running game at the middle of the field versus and, and didn't have it right down at the goal line. Like that's a little, that's a little damning too. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you, this is a team that likes to be physical that they, you know, AFC North ball, we can, you know, repeat that cliche all the time, but like I, to not have that faith in being able to run the ball and be physical against, against an opponent like that in clutch moments, that's a little concerning. You know, super concerning. And, mm-hmm. and they were owning the offensive line. Like it was so apparent that they could gain yards on the run. It wasn't like, oh, they're breaking off big yards. Like, no, not there was no big, there were no big gains. Like, oh, right. The, it was consistent. Jalen Warren had a 31 yard run. Okay. That's big. But Najee Harris's longest run of the night was 15 yards. Like, that's right. not, there were no splash plays. It was just seven yards, seven yards, seven yards, which is always a first down. It just, It didn't make sense. But at the same time, I do think Kenny Pickett had a very bad game up until that last drive. And I think this is two games in a row where Kenny's had a bad game up until that last drive, which he needs to fix. But I think that when he did have the opportunity to throw the football, he looked like he was trying to do way too much. And he missed opportunities. Like the drive that stands out to me, I I don't remember when exactly in the game it was, but they just ran the football. They got they got a first down on two running running plays, and then they threw the football on first, second, and third down. And on first down, Kenny Pickett misses George Pickens wide open in the middle of the field. On second down, he throws the ball to Deontay Johnson. He couldn't get the second foot in. And then third down, incompletion. Or no, third down was uh, third down was even worse because it was third and 
a ridiculous amount of yards and he throws like a six yard pass to Pat Fryermuth. And at that yeah. moment, you're just like, what, why, why? Like, you know, run the football at that point. Like if you're going to get six yards, at least see if you could burst one, because that's just a wasted play. That's just yeah. easily wasted play. But I think Kenny Pickett deserves some criticism as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, so he threw for a hundred yards in the first quarter or in the fourth quarter, like 68 for the rest of the game. Um, yeah. That's not going to cut it. Um, no. You know, even when the when the running game is working, um, you know, we've talked about like the difference between being like real, you know, running an effective offense versus running like a particularly prolific or high point scoring offense. Um, they, I, I thought they were for the most part effective and they kind of executed a game plan. But yeah, no, this isn't, you're, you're not going to have a defense like this for your entire career. Um, to kind of back you no. up and bail you out. Um, and at some point, you do have to worry about th- those very things, just, you know, being able to do it in every quarter, not just the fourth. Like, there are going to be games where you're going to need more than one drive. And I don't know. You can you can survive it now, and we'll look at the positives leaving this game. But, you know, it's something to look at moving forward. Um yeah, you need more than one touchdown and more than one drive to to win football games. Yep, and the Steelers will the Steelers will figure that out because you're not going to do that in the postseason, especially <laughs> against the teams that they're going to play in the postseason. All right, guys, thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find our audio anywhere you get your podcast. We will be back on Wednesday. Make sure to check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. Enjoy your victory Monday. Peace.